are they doing? They're watching Snow White. And they love it. Hello, my name is Austin Torres, and welcome to the Would You Die podcast, Gremlins Christmas Spectacular. I've assembled a cast of four returning guests, a brand new guest, and since this is a holiday special, a musical performance. Can't have a holiday special without one of those. Gremlins isn't just my favorite Christmas movie, but a seminal film in what makes me, me. And as I found out, there's a lot of people who feel the same way. Please join me in the celebration of the holiday horror classic, Gremlins. Right now, I am joined by amazing photographer and my friend, Hannah Cordy, who you guys heard earlier with our Cabin in the Woods episode. Hello Welcome again. back to the show. Oh, I talked over you. Oh, no. <laughs> Hello again, guys. <laughs> While we were doing the Cabin in the Woods episode, we both real like talking afterwards, we were like, holy crap we both love gremlins yes i love it because it's versatile like christmas also horror christmas movies which are great <laughs> and you don't get that many of them but no. i think what um one of the reasons why i love gremlins is it is one of the perfect horror movies for kids yes a good starter horror <laughs> were you a kid when you first watched gremlins no i was definitely a lot older i think and this is just like a thing with me. You'll be like, have you seen this movie? The answer is most likely no. Um, but it's one of those things where I was like, oh, have you seen this yet? Have you seen this yet? No, like, guess I should watch it. And like, this is, this was the shirt I am wearing was my dad's <laughs> at one point. So like, he's also like very big, like he likes all of that stuff too. So it was one of those where he was like, how have you not seen this? Like, you're my kid, you need to go watch it. <laughs> so it was like, finally, I was like, all right, I'll sit down and actually watch it. And like, I do enjoy it. It's a good one. It's definitely a good one. <laughs> oh, I, I love it. It's my favorite Christmas movie. And I got to ask if, if uh, your dad came home with the Mogwai, uh, Lil Gizmo, do you think you'd be able to take care of him? So part of me thinks at first, yes, I think I could keep it good to go. Because like I think I mentioned when we talked in Cabin in the Woods, I'm like a really, like I'm a rule follower at, follower at my core. <laughs> so I'd be like, obviously we have to like take care of it this way. But then, and this is how it is with my dog in real life. I'm like, we got to follow all these things. You can't eat this. You can't eat people food. And then like, you just look at that cute face and you're like, well, you know what? Maybe you can have some people food. And that would be it. And we're like, maybe I can, maybe it's like, you know, one in the morning, you look hungry. Even if you're not hungry, you look hungry. I'm going to feed you. And that's where it would get me into trouble. <laughs> I feel that. I feel that. Have you seen Gremlins 2? I have not. I've only seen the first one. <laughs> Gremlins 2 is amazing. And I highly recommend it. I was going to say, I know about all, like, I've seen with all, like, the, or is it the, the second is there there's not a third one correct that one's supposed to be coming out or something right they're 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 coming out with a show I okay think. that's what it was but i was like the, yeah. the the lady gremlin 
is from yeah, the second it's from two movie. yeah and that's like i see that all the time on the internet i was like so i obviously again i'm late to the game on all of this stuff so i was like i definitely need to like get gremlins 2 under my belt since we've seen the first one and it's such a good one i feel that i love gremlins 2 i i really recommend this uh winter season double featuring the gremlins movies yes i'll switch it out for my normal christmas story like binge on christmas day and we'll do a gremlins one and two binge <laughs> i watched the original gremlins like twice last christmas season <laughs> so it, it's definitely my favorite i think i mentioned that already probably yeah. mentioned a bunch of times already during this episode <laughs> and that's okay it's all right that gremlins episode you should say it a million times <laughs> do you have a favorite kill when the gremlins are like actually gremlin zine don't know i'm also trying to remember because it's been a minute because there are some they are some motherfuckers they are <laughs> they are not There's nice a bunch of little shits <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly it's like i gotta think about that one for a second i feel like if I remember correctly, isn't there like something with Christmas lights, like a kill with Christmas lights? I don't remember. A probably. But when you said Christmas, light, I thought of when they were hanging the dog. Um, the dog lived. Yeah, I think that dog like, is alive. Yeah, even though the dog is fine. I think that's like what I'm thinking of, because it's like one it of those is, things. And of course, like you get the dog. And so now you're like sad for the dog. <laughs> right. I mean, I just said how I watched it twice last year. The dog's name is Barney, I think. Yeah, I, I love that dog in that movie. <laughs> He's such a good boy. Um, but maybe not favorite kill, but like favorite moment of the gremlins being I... little shits. <laughs> yeah, hold on. I need to think about this for a second. Like I said, it's been forever since yeah. I watched it. I'm told. <laughs> <laughs> I was like trying to like, I, I'm like, keep like thinking of like different things in my brain and like, I'm trying to like think of what is like the context like around it. I'm like trying to remember. I gotcha. We also, you were prepared for a completely different movie today. I was. I, I was. <laughs> so. I think. No, no worries. For sure. Like for me, maybe like just like a general moment of like kind of like just enjoying it is like when the, like you first like get the like couple like mogwai spawn because it's like, oh, mm. oh, things are starting to like pop off now. Let's see where this goes. And I think it's just one of those things where like, that's every, where everything starts to get like really exciting and like, all right, where is this going? So like, for me, I like, that's like, the, again, the little spots that like get your little like, interest going. You're like, oh, okay, stuff's going down now. Let's see what, see where this takes us. <laughs> I feel that. <laughs> I, I, I absolutely, I love it. And that is such a good moment because I remember when I was, I think I was like 10 when I first watched this movie mm. and my mom got it for me because she thought I would like it. And I was sick one day, so I didn't go to school. And I'm like, oh, I'll watch this Gremlins movie because there's this cute thing. And I like cute things. I didn't know it was a horror movie. And I know it's like a kid's horror movie, yeah. but like when I was 10, I was not ready for it. Right, right. <laughs> and I was watching it sick in bed by myself and it disturbed me. 10-year-old oh, no. Austin <laughs> wasn't ready. So I call my mom and I'm like, you didn't tell me it was a horror movie. 
and she's like at work and but I think it was a really formative movie for me because now it's my favorite Christmas movie it's one of my favorite movies in general and I watch it like every year <laughs> yeah, and I think it's just like you said it's a good like horror movie like for like a kid to watch it's like a good like entrance into that genre without being like totally terrifying right and like it was definitely one of my gateways so <laughs> thank you for talking gremlins with me yeah, and no where can the people find you um so we got instagram hannah cordy photography we have facebook hannah cordy photography also me i find me on tiktok under the same name and then my website hannahcordyphotography.com so hannah cordy photography in case you guys missed it yeah you can just search that on Google, something will come up. <laughs> and if you like my fabulous pictures with me and Gizmo, it's Hannah Cordy who did them. The more cheesy Christmas photos, the better. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much for talking gremlins with me. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. On this segment, I am welcoming back my friend and previous guest, Doug Lemelin who returns to talk about another Spielberg-related monster movie. Because last time we talked about Jaws. E.T. Oh, yeah, that's right. It, it was E.T. The Fablemans. <laughs> Bridge of <Unit>. Spies. <laughs> uh, welcome back to the show. How have you been? I've been good. Thank you for having me back. I'm happy to be here to talk about this movie that I've seen twice in the past two weeks. You know what I discovered what I what I realized today when I was thinking about this um and in utter anticipation for this podcast. Mm -hmm. The word gremlin rhymes with lemelin. To anyone who knows you, that explains so much. Yeah, well my last <laughs> name is Lemelin. <laughs> I didn't really have anything to go with that. I probably could have turned that into like a 15 minute talking point <laughs> I, I got nothing so i had to make sure um, i drank enough before this podcast before i say the word gremlin slowly so now i'm gremlin gremlin yeah so obviously this is one of your favorite movies otherwise you wouldn't have said yes to this uh do you remember the first time you've seen gremlins um i don't know if i remember it was a very very long time ago and i actually had not seen it for many years after the fact um, it was one of those movies that I think I just, I always acknowledged that I liked it, that it was in existence, but I just, for whatever reason, never felt the need to revisit it. <laughs> and then I did twice in the past uh, couple weeks. I watched one, I watched it once by myself and I watched it with you. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, I think, I just remember it being gross as a kid watching it and just being very like nasty. <laughs> and i don't know I, I think yeah. that's, that's kind of the part of it that stood out to me i didn't what i was too young to really analyze it now that i've seen mm -hmm. it i've had the chance to think about it as an actual movie and how dumb all the characters are but back <laughs> when i was a kid it was just it was just a, kind of a weird fucked up movie <laughs> um and it still is i think it's still gross i think your yeah. memory of it being gross was justified Let's talk about how dumb the characters are for a little bit, because as much as I love Billy, I think he's a great character. I think Kate's really fun. I like the dad. The three rules are really simple to follow. And I know you don't get a movie 
if you don't break them, but they're so easy to follow and they get broken in the dumbest ways. Which I think was probably done deliberately. But I mean, the the characters in general, I don't know. It's like the the, the guy, the dad shows up to the, the Chinese antique store or whatever. Is it Chinese? I'm going to go with Chinese. Yeah, it's Chinese. I don't know. He's got the, the toothpaste thing. It goes wrong. And then he sees the, the mogwai. And the words he says are like, oh, this is exactly what I've been looking for. And first of all, it's like, how is that exactly what you've been looking <laughs> You were just trying to sell off an invention, and now you're now you're like, oh, yeah, shit, this is exactly what I needed, a little furball. Which, you know, he and every other character in the movie, you know, that's introduced to this thing, does not react in the slightest to the fact that it's a fucking alien. They just see <laughs> it, and they're just, oh, wow, look at that. Cool. <laughs> and, like, it's funny because when you're looking for a gift – you don't automatically think a pet, even if it's for your kid. It's just, yeah, it, it just astounds me, like the number of characters that get brought into a room and see this thing. And instead of going like, what the shit is that? They're just like, oh, cool. It's a furball. I love when Corey Feldman like is digging it at first. And then like after they spill water on Gizmo and there's a bunch more Mogwai and I think it's Stripe who tries to bite him. He just goes back to reading comic books. He's like, yeah, okay, I'm, I'm done with this. <laughs> All right, cool. Yeah, anyway, moving on. <laughs> and you watched the sequel, Gremlins 2, for this as well. I, I attempt, well, I don't know. Did, you and I kind of watched part of it, too. Did we ever get to the end of it? I don't even remember. That's another we only that like. We only watched the end. <laughs> oh, that's right. We did watch the end. Yeah, it, I mean. Yeah, that movie was ridiculous. And I I don't know if I was in the perfect mood to watch it because I right. was doing things in the background and I just looked up and you know one of them's talking and singing and stuff like that. I'm like, all right, all right. Cool. Yeah, it's, it's not a great uh, watch while you're working movie because there's so much happening. <laughs> it does, and it happens very quickly. It escalates very quickly. I did appreciate the Hulk Hogan part, though. Yeah. No, I, I love that sequel. I actually think it's an improvement in a lot of ways on a technical level well, to the first movie. Yeah, yeah I mean, the, the first movie in general, you think about the time period that it's in and the effects are really cool for that period of time. Yeah. You know, you, you kind of wonder how they how they did it. Um, I don't really know a whole lot about the production of the movie, to be honest, but I I, I am impressed by what they were able to achieve at that point in time. Oh, for sure. I don't think I've talked about it on any of the interviews yet, but this is going to be a fun fact for you and everyone. Did you know that Gremlins, in addition to another Spielberg-related film, well, Spielberg-directed film for this one, uh, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, those two movies are responsible for the PG-13 rating? Well, I knew about Temple of Doom. I didn't know Gremlins was kind of lumped in there as well. Well, they came out the same summer. Okay. So they both kind of in tandem pushed the boundary and created the need for that rating. Yeah, because they came out around the same time. They're both like kind of aimed at kids, but they get really, really fucking dark. <laughs> they do. I mean, the and whole, intense. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the whole scene with the mother, which is like five minutes before they're running around in dresses and smoking cigarettes and shooting each other <laughs> in the park you know, complete 180. That scene is scary. It's terrifying. She's, you know, putting them in the uh, 
in the microwave and the blender or whatever and she's stabbing one to death and it's like that's a lot <laughs> oh yeah it's um, really really intense <laughs> yeah it's i'm sure it is constantly marketed as a kid's movie but in many ways it isn't i in think it's ways, you know, yeah oh yeah flashes phoebe cates he's got like <laughs> the trench coat on and he flashes like hey look at my dick that's not for and kids. and speaking of phoebe cates she has that whole monologue <laughs> yeah <laughs> which is not kid friendly <laughs> it's not kid friendly but it's like the funniest story ever it's I, one of the best parts of the movie it is yeah i don't know if, how much you've talked about it on any of the other interviews but when she just randomly does an aside and starts talking about how her dad died when she was little the story <laughs> which involves him getting stuck in a chimney trying to sneak down as santa claus is that what it was yeah Basically. he was trying to be santa claus and he slipped and broke his neck <clears throat> yeah and she caps it off with, that's how I found out there's no Santa Claus. <laughs> Which is perfect, because she does a really good job delivering it. And when you're not really, like, I was watching it. It didn't even occur to me how dumb and random the story was. And then she says that line, and I think back, and it's just like, wait, that's a really funny story. <laughs> that's a really funny way to die. You get stuck in a chimney. It's an interesting movie, and it kind of like, I don't know, it's, it's, it's not a bad movie, but it's one of those there's a lot of movies that I say are bad. And the reason I say they're bad is because they're constantly trying to figure out what kind of movie it is and it's changing its identity midway through. So I think it's, it does that. And that's something that I would normally attribute to a bad movie, but I would not call Gremlins a bad movie, but it's, you know, it does do that. Yeah. It starts off like very random and it's got all these random subplots, you know, like the, you know, Dick Miller's character ranting about the foreigners and the one lady that wants to, you know, put the dog in a dryer or something like that. Yeah. You know, and the dad with the inventions, there's all this other stuff going on. And then the gremlins show up and it's a horror movie. And then it turns into not a horror movie when there's like a 10 minute sequence of them at the barge <laughs> gambling and smoking and shooting each other with like tiny guns that they found somehow. Um, and then you get the Phoebe Cates monologue and then they're all in the theater singing along to fucking Snow White. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a crazy movie, but it it works in its own weird kind of way. And it's obviously iconic. So, well, it achieves a tone that I think is near impossible to pull off. Right. Mm -hmm. Between really messed up horror and uh, a quirky, lighthearted comedic feel. Um, which I think Joe Dante, he's good at that because I don't know if you've seen Piranha or The Howling, mm -hmm. but I think that towing the line between camp and not camp and horror because horror can definitely be camp. I guess his movies are pretty campy. Yeah. I mean, anybody who's capable of gremlins, I mean, that's just the definition of camp. Yeah. But the, the Howling does have campy elements to it. <clears throat> oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh piranha definitely does but like those all three of those movies are still pretty scary at parts yeah like i said i mean it's it's just kind of the complete 180 i mean it kind of yeah. peaked in that scene with the gremlins and the mother gremlins i gotta sit to gremlins and then it switches to the the camp and the the funny stuff so it's like it establishes off the bat that these are threatening and scary creatures and then it just says okay now that we've established that let's let's have a party and have fun and then it switches back <laughs> at the very end for the climax for it to have stakes because 
it's just stripe and stripe is really scary in um the department store when he's attacking billy with a fucking chainsaw oh yeah <laughs> tiny chainsaw a tiny yeah yeah i love how everything is uh gremlin sized <laughs> yeah at least chucky got to run around with like a normal sized butcher knife but <laughs> right stripe gets his own custom made uh slasher tools i got a question for you that i haven't <laughs> asked anyone else because i just thought of it okay who do you think would win in a fight stripe or chucky oh wow okay and for it to be fair the fight happens at night what does that have to do with anything because if it's daytime chucky can just like <laughs> open up the blinds oh the light yeah of course okay yeah. um i think that'd be an interesting fight i think it would be an interesting fight frankly i've always kind of struggled with how chucky is capable of winning any fight <laughs> so i'm inclined to say stripe because stripe is like an actual living creature with muscles and not a doll right but chucky obviously has the intellect so i guess by child's play standards i would probably say chucky because chucky is obviously capable of doing stuff even though it doesn't make sense and the gremlins are they're scary but they're also all kind of stupid <laughs> yeah there's a right, lot of friendly right, fire with the gremlins where he's like kind of malevolent and is capable of leading and thought and stuff like that <laughs> I, I feel like i feel like chucky's logic would would prevail i think it, i would i would say chucky would win too apparently I mean, in the tv in, show uh sorry if stripe was in gremlins 2 i would say that stripe would win because he would probably be intelligent and would just break the fourth wall and you know unplug the camera and win. But... <laughs> yeah. He'd kill the screenwriter and then start writing the script himself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But apparently in the child's uh, in the Chucky TV show, which I haven't seen, this is just what I've heard. I heard they have an explanation for why Chucky's so strong, and I don't know exactly what it is, but I think it has something to do with the voodoo magic. I yeah, I think that's I think that's what it's supposed to be. I always forget Chucky comes from like voodoo magic and and then I'm like, okay, yeah, whatever. <laughs> that makes sense to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's uh oh god, what's the actor's name? Brad Dourif? Brad Dourif, yeah. Brad Dourif's being put into a doll. Do you have a favorite gremlin between the first one and the sequels? I don't know. I don't know if I necessarily do. Although I like the one that flashes Phoebe Cates. <laughs> Maybe let's stick with that one. Okay, that's your answer. Uh, yeah, that's a good one. I think it's a great turnaround because Phoebe Cates is famous for her scene in Fast Times at Ridgemont High, where she, you know, unveils the bikini, and this yeah. is like getting back at her by being by getting flashed. So I'll say, for that, um, I'll say that the flashing gremlin. Poor Phoebe Cates. <laughs> yeah, that's what she gets. Is she still doing things, Phoebe Cates? I think she retired to focus on being a mom, but I think she voiced Kate for like the Gremlins portion of the Lego Dimensions video game a couple years back. Oh, okay. And then she did something in the early 2000s, but no, she's been retired for a long time. From mm. what I can tell, it was her choice. Like she decided to step away. It's not like she couldn't get jobs anymore. She'd probably still be working if she wanted to. I would think so. Yeah. There's um, a line there's yeah. a line in Gremlins that <clears throat> I wrote down here 
because it just made me laugh. Judge Reinhold is in the movie because he was obviously in Fast Times and he was in like every other 80s movie that, that came out. Yeah. The, I think it's the part where Miss Deagle or whatever her name is, you know, the, the old lady, she's like confronting him and then the dog comes out and attacks her or something. And she falls on the ground with her Bavarian snowman head or something like that. <laughs> You're getting all the details right, by the way. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, the the bank manager comes out. He's like this posh British guy for no reason, just because that's, you know, that's what the bank manager has to be. Is just <laughs> like, oh, here we have. But Judge Rideholm comes up to him and says, like, Peltzer, this is a bank, not a pet store or whatever. And the bank manager turns to him and goes, very good, Gerald. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why that stuck with me that they just because it was just the dumbest. This is a bank, not a bookstore. And then the bank manager validates them. Says, good one. That's a good one. Here, here. So I know this about you, but for everyone listening, Doug is a really, really big Breaking Bad fan. and. And I think is the only reason I watched Breaking Bad in the first place. You're the one that introduced me to that show. What was it like seeing a young uh, Jonathan Jonathan Major, not Jonathan Majors, uh, Jonathan Banks? <laughs> it's awesome, you know. And like he he's he's showed up. I mean, he's been in other iconic things like Beverly Hills Cop and things like mm -hmm. that. But it's funny because for people who watch the show, he's just this hunched over looking dude and he's always looked like that it's funny he's just always had that weird like crotchety look to him <laughs> but it was it's always fun seeing jonathan banks i'm going to be really sad when that guy passes if he ever passes um if because yeah because he's a tank he's a brilliant actor and it's fun seeing him show up and things like this obviously very underutilized as just a supporting cop character but still fun he, he actually has one of my favorite parts in it and it's like a kind of a subtle moment that i don't think many people but it it just sticks with me because we uh, i think most of us know jonathan jonathan banks as being like the tough guy largely due to breaking bad and him yeah. and better call saul and him being so good in those uh shows so when they're in the cop car and like the sheriff and and jonathan Banks plays the deputy. They uh like the gremlins are attacking Santa and Mrs. Deagle is going through the roof. And Jonathan Banks is going, okay, you can start the car. You can start the car now, please. I'd like to go. Yeah. You can start the car. And it's so subtle and so funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do remember that. Must go faster. <laughs> are there any gizmo moments that stood out for you? I think I forgot initially. I knew it was Howie Mandel, but mm -hmm. it had been such a long time since I watched the movie. I forgot that the gremlins actually fucking talked. <laughs> I think the first time you hear the gremlin talk, I think, maybe not, is Gizmo going bright light, bright light, bright light. Or at least that's one of the first times. And that, that was the first time that stood out to me. And I was just like, what the shit? He can talk. And again, no reaction at all from the kid. Or whatever no like oh shit he can speak english and he's an alien that doesn't look like any animal that's ever existed ever no. i think we were talking about this the other day but my only because everyone at this point knows i love i love this movie but my main like beef with it my main issue is at the end of the movie the old man who's taking the shopkeeper who's taking gizmo 
away and goes, actually, he wants to speak to you. And he points points towards Billy. And Billy's like, you can understand him. And it's like, Gizmo's been talking the whole movie. Yeah, he speaks English, dumbass. Of course you can understand him. And I love Billy. I think he's a great character, but come on. <laughs> you talked to him during the movie. Like, <laughs> yeah. My goodness. You're a pretty big fan of cinema. You've seen your fair share of the classics. Do you appreciate all of like the nods to older movies? Like It's a Wonderful Life, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, the Clark Gable movie, which I don't know the name of, but I guess there's a Clark Gable movie where he races. Uh, yeah, I don't, I actually, I don't know that, that Clark Gable movie either, but, but no, I mean, it's, it, it's great. I mean, I I love any movie that pays homage to, to the classics, right? It's, it's fun. And it, even now, like generations later, going back and watching a movie like that, that's calling back to older movies. I mean, there's, I'm sure there's movies now that reference back to, to gremlins and things like that. So it's, it's a fun cycle. I love to see that in any iconic movie, especially uh, especially in horror. Oh, yeah. And I think movies like uh, uh, Krampus, um, mm-hmm. like the whole scene with the, the gingerbread men uh, attacking the family in the kitchen, like that's basically the Gremlins tribute, right? <laughs> sure. Yeah, absolutely. Gremlins rocks. <laughs> I've never seen Krampus. Really? I just spoiled a pretty major scene. Well, I don't I don't think it's a major scene to the plot. I just spoiled a fun set piece. <laughs> the gingerbread men attacking them in the kitchen does not sound like a major plot point in in the movie Krampus. Well, it is for me. <laughs> that would be my guess is that you didn't give away that much. Uh, no, I I don't think I gave away too much, but um it is I do think that's a scene where it's like when I watched it, watched Krampus for the first time, I didn't know that scene was in it. So I was like, what is this movie? I love yep. this. <laughs> so, um, but yeah. Any final thoughts on Gremlins? Uh, no. Shout out to Dick Miller. I like Dick Miller. Shows up. He's in every single Joe Dante movie, which includes small soldiers. And he always <laughs> plays. He always plays like an old asshole that... <laughs> that but you still feel bad when he gets hurt he just has like that horrible like adorable old guy face and you know this is true because they kill him off in the original in the original gremlins and i don't care they bring bring him back for the sequel he 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 was killed off and then they bring him back in the sequel anyways because he's just so lovable well and yeah this he has to be in every joe tante movie (laughs) i think they had to they had to keep true to that rule but they don't give him like a different character or they don't try and play it off. It's like, nope, you're no. you're reprising your role. <laughs> yeah. You got ran over by a bulldozer or whatever it is. Walk it he, off. He's fine. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's like every time, even in like chopping mall, it's like it's like I feel bad for him when he gets hurt. Yeah. I think he's got that kind of face. He gets kidnapped by the by the toys and small soldiers. And, right. And, poor old man. <laughs> Oh, rest in peace, Dick Miller. Yeah. We'll do, uh, when we do our Jaws the Revenge podcast, that'll be the next one. But then the one after that, we can do Small Soldiers. We can. I thought you were going to say we could do like a Dick Miller tribute. We could do a Dick Miller tribute. That's actually a really good idea. (laughs) He's probably been in a lot of movies, and I'm pretty sure I've only seen like three of them. We, We, this is now a Dick Miller fan podcast. 
<laughs> that was the extra 10 minutes tacked on at the end of this was all Dick Miller. As it should be. If if there is an extra 10 minutes added on for any reason, that's the best reason to have. <laughs> so thank you for joining me once again. And we'll have you back for the Dick Miller uh, tribute. Absolutely. I'll be back. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This was fun. Next up on the Gremlins Christmas Spectacular, I'm excited to welcome back to the podcast, dark fiction author and host of Write and Wine, She's previously joined me to talk about Ghostface in a double blockbuster episode because that was a really, really long conversation. And she was a part of Jurassic June. Please welcome back my friend Lex Vranick. Thank you. I'm excited to be back. Uh, it's the end of the year, the first year of the podcast. And thank you for being... Uh, such a good friend of the podcast that you've this is now your third time (laughs) yes yeah it's been really fun i'm so excited to see how the podcast has like grown over the year it's hard to believe it's only been it well it hasn't even been a full year since i started in february but i feel like i feel like i got a little better i don't know we'll see (laughs) they're still growing (laughs) to do (laughs) i think it's one of those like learn as you go kind of mediums oh for sure for sure uh, fun fact, when I start when I kind of started pulling out the putting out the feelers for interest in people to do a gremlins episode with me, I kind of tweeted it out on the Twitter and you like replied immediately. That's <laughs> <laughs> because I'm always lurking. Good. Good. But I was like, oh, I didn't know you were a gremlins fan. <laughs> Yeah, fun fact, Gremlins is one of the first like horror things that I got into. And it was one, so I know I've told you before, my dad is the one that like really got me into horror when I was a kid. Gremlins is the one movie, the one like horror movie that my mom showed me, which makes it like extra special to me. Do you remember how old you were when you first saw Gremlins? Oh God, I was young. Cause I remember being really, really obsessed with it in like first and second grade. Like I- oh, wow. I, I wanted a gremlin, like not a, I, yes, a mogwai, but like I very specifically wanted my own pet gremlin and my mom had to break the news to me that they are not real. That's horrible. Mm-hmm. It was devastating. So you're telling me gremlins aren't real? It's shocking, right? I thought we were watching a documentary this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting that you... Sorry, I made myself laugh. It's interesting that you uh, wanted a gremlin. I was a weird kid. I was a really weird kid. (laughs) Were you a chaotic kid? I wasn't. That's the weird thing is that like I, I was just born a bundle of anxiety and I have always been that. So I don't know why gremlin, like I really liked animals and I think that I just looked at them as weird little animals and I was like, I want that as a pet. So if you had a mogwai, would you purposely break the rules to get a gremlin or would your anxiety prevent you from doing that? That's a good question. But I feel like, cause like Gizmo really didn't want 
the rules to be broken, right? Like Gizmo kind of wanted to just stay his little Mogwai self and not yeah. have a whole bunch of gremlins around. So I feel like if I had a Gizmo Mogwai that didn't want to be turned into a gremlin, I would respect that. But if I had like one of the feisty ones that wanted me to turn it into a gremlin, I would also probably respect that much to my own detriment. If you got Stripe instead of Gizmo, you would oh. have a gremlin. Oh, yeah. I assume you're you're also a big fan of Gremlins too. Oh yes. Do you have one that you prefer? Ooh, that's actually really hard because I feel like as a right? kid, yeah, I feel like as a kid I watched Gremlins two more because I just happened to have that VHS and I probably wore the tape out honestly because mm-hmm. um, I would just watch it over and over again. So I had more access to the second one. But I think that I like the first one better as a movie, if that makes sense. I I think that makes sense a lot because for me, well, first off, I think they're both um, five star movies. Mm-hmm, it's like it's like the difference between Alien and Aliens. I don't really think one's better than the other. I th- but I like one more than the other. Agreed. Agreed. And in the case of Gremlins. It's 100% nostalgia, which gives it to the original for me. Because mm-hmm. I grew up with that one. I did not grow up with Gremlins 2. The first time I watched Gremlins 2 was in January of this year. Oh, really? I've never seen it beforehand. Okay, that's interesting. So now I've seen it like three times. <laughs> it's so fun. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. And in a lot of ways, I think it's a huge improvement over the original yeah i can see that i think they're about equal movies Mm -hmm. but like the second one had a bigger budget and a more experienced crew at at least in the visual effects yeah you can tell production wise that things had ramped up and i don't want to say that one screenplay is better than the other because while i do think the original gremlins is a lot tighter the second one is trying to do a completely different thing. I think that that's where it hinges too, because it's almost like when you take a book and turn it into a movie and you have to respect that you're telling a story in two different mediums. When you're taking Gremlins and Gremlins 2, yes, they exist in the same world. Yes, we're revisiting some of the same characters, but they're two different stories trying to accomplish two different things. Again, very much like Alien and Aliens. (laughs) Mm -hmm. A great comparison. And like all four of these are iconic, fantastic films. But um, I think they're all very different. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine a gremlin on the Nostromo? Oh, God. That sounds terrible. It'd probably be just as lethal, to be honest. Yes, that's a living nightmare right there. Yep, but bringing it back to Gremlins 2 for a second, do you have, because that movie is fucking bonkers. Yes. Do you have a favorite Gremlin? Because there's a bunch of different types of Gremlins in, in that one. We're talking specifically Gremlins 2? Um, if there's one from the first one, yeah. Um, you can You can include the first one. I just... I just think that the second one is the one with the most variety. But if it's like Stripe, I get it. 
Yeah, it's always been Stripe, who I also, by the way, always mess up and call Spike, um, mostly because <laughs> I was a Buffy kid. And so Spike is the name that jumps into my head. So you caught my slip earlier? Yes, I did. <laughs> um, and it, like, it's been a longer time since I've watched Gremlins 2, so I don't remember like all the specific. I literally just remember them singing New York, New York. And yeah. that's like one of the iconic movie moments that has always stuck in my head. I think that the way that these movies use music is really fun. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. It's always just been one of my favorite things about them. I told myself if I ever get the opportunity to d- direct, uh, to write and direct a Christmas horror film, I am stealing um, Christmas Baby Please Come Home. One, Ooh, because yeah. it's a banger. Mm-hmm. Two, because Gremlins uses it perfectly. Yes. And it's... I will I will use it as a reference to Gremlins. It's so good. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure people know my favorite Christmas horror movie is Gremlins. As it should it, be. Is it the same for you? Or do you have a different favorite Christmas horror movie? Oh, no, it's always been Gremlins. Because there's some good contenders, I think. Do you have any that um other Christmas horror movies you'd like to shout out? Like ones that you really like? Honestly, I don't really watch a lot of holiday horror, and I don't know why. It's just not something that I've ever really been interested in, but I cannot get through a holiday season without watching Gremlins. I feel that. What's your favorite Christmas movie? Ooh, tie between A Christmas Story and National Lampoon. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I, I do like I do like those, but for me, Gremlins beats both of them. See, because the thing is, I I like to have my like just straight Christmas movies um, and then Gremlins and sort of like my own little thing, because I I have fights every year with my mom about whether or not Gremlins is a Christmas movie, which like it is. I'm right. I win that argument. (laughs) But she's like, (laughs) for me, I feel like there are two kind of Christmas movies. There is the Christmas movie where Christmas our family is the theme Mm -hmm. of the movie so i off the top of my head i'm thinking a christmas story Mm -hmm. i'm thinking home alone okay another classic i'm thinking elf Mm -hmm. how the grinch stole christmas like these are like the christmasy where family and the actual meaning the spirit of the holiday i don't know if you've seen it yet but violent night I have not. I've seen a lot of reviews for it, but I haven't had a chance to watch it yet. For everyone listening, Violent Night is a, 22 re- a 2022 recent release starring our boy David Harbour, uh, who you probably know as Hopper from Stranger Things. He plays Santa Claus in this ultra-violent, pretty bloody, die-hard meets Home Alone meets The Expendables. That was the bloodiest action movie I could think of off the top of my head. I liked it a lot. I think it's great. John Leguizamo's in it. He's always good. I would consider that a true meaning of Christmas type of movie. Okay. Uh, The Tim Allen, The Santa Claus. Mm -hmm. That's one. And then the second type for me are Christmas is a big part of the plot and the aesthetic, but the actual theme of the movie isn't family or the holiday or the spirit of the holiday. So for me, these type of movies are like National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Mm -hmm. Because I think that one is more like just the fun. 
in the jokes and stuff. Right. Uh, jingle right, all the, the way. Mm -hmm. Right. You have the underlying theme of family, but the goal of the movie is just to kind of make you laugh. Right. And um, whereas I put Violent Night in the other category, if you've watched the film, you know, if not, this is this isn't a spoiler. But the mean I, the meaning of Christmas is a big part of the movie, mm -hmm. even though a big part of the movie also is Santa Claus um, granting seasons beatings. <laughs> OK, I'm even more intrigued now. <laughs> whereas something like Jingle All the Way which if you haven't seen is a fun film with Arnold Schwarzenegger trying to get a Power Ranger knockoff toy for his kid. That movie's more about like uh, it's a satire of the consumerism and capitalism of the Christmas season whereas there's kind of like a secondary family it's a father trying to buy his kids love <laughs> mm -hmm. and realizing he just has to be there. Yes. It's like that kind of meaning of Christmas. But that's secondary to the main theme of like, hey, isn't it kind of weird? We're so, it's a season of love and we hate each other and we're fighting over plastic. <laughs> yes, it has that social commentary aspect to it. Right. I think Gremlins is in this area. I definitely agree because you have, I, I was watching it recently to kind of prepare for this conversation because I was like oh shit I need to talk about gremlins I need to remember <laughs> what happened in gremlins um and it does like one of the things that really struck me from the jump is how very supportive this family is of each other um our little core family in this movie but that is underlying everything else that's going on where we're talking about why does he want the mogwai why does he want something that is potentially dangerous that has all of these rules to it that you're not going to follow because you see this opportunity to make money off of it exactly exactly and then it's also like uh why is it when people are given simple rules they just can't follow them mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's human nature to just break the rules i guess Yes, and we get this sort of play on it where, like, it's partially curiosity, like, Billy, when he discovers these things are starting to happen, like, when all the Mogwai come out and then all of a sudden they're all in cocoons, he has this initial curiosity and he wants to understand why it's happening, right. but sometimes there there's a danger in the, the why, right? There's a reason that those rules were in place to begin with. And you weren't supposed to find out what happens when you break them. Oh, exactly. And like, yeah, I, th I think Gremlins is dealing with a lot of things. And while Christmas is a big part of the plot and the setting, I don't think it has a true Christmas theme. Mm -hmm. So it's in this, what I call the secondary type of Christmas movie, which I, like, like I said, I think that includes Jingle All the Way. I think it includes National Lampoon's, uh, Christmas Vacation. I don't remember this movie too well, but I'm going to include Love Actually. I would absolutely include Love Actually. I love that movie. But it's definitely that sort of like using Christmas as a backdrop to tell your story. And then there's a third type where it where I call this kind of like the debatable Christmas movie where it's like it takes place during Christmas. 
Mm-hmm. This is Die Hard. It's this is crazy. Iron Man 3. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I'm sure there's more, which I can't think of at the moment. And if you think Die Hard or Iron Man 3 is a Christmas movie, that's not what my argument is. My argument is it could go either way, depending on how you look at it. Mm-hmm. It can't go either way with Gremlins. That's a Christmas movie. Absolutely. There's too much like Christmas is a part of the plot not not it takes place during Christmas Christmas it like (laughs) it it matters it's one of those things where like yes Christmas is not the point of the plot but you can't tell this story without Christmas being involved and that makes it a Christmas movie especially because it's the whole point of Phoebe Kate's character yes and that's like a really interesting sub theme of the movie or maybe it's not a theme, but this idea that the movie has where it's like, hey, some people really hate the holidays and that's OK. Yeah. And it, and it's pointing out like, hey, people don't hate the holidays because they're a Scrooge or a Grinch. It's like she has some real trauma around Christmas and that's right. why she doesn't like it. So, you know, kind of have some empathy for people around the holidays because it's not all bright and cheerful for everybody. And I think what Gremlins does really well is kind of build the town Mm -hmm. because like we have the obvious example of Phoebe Kate's character because we get that brilliant monologue, which low-key kind of traumatized me as a kid. Mr. Futterman is drunk the whole movie. Uh, Dick Miller's character and... At one point, Phoebe Cates' character, she's just like, well, he lost his job. He's, you know, uh, in a bad place like a lot of people are during the holidays. In the beginning of the movie, you get you see that um, young mother with her kids being like, hey, Mrs. Deagle, can we we're not going to be paid, but we we're working. We have a job. And and then you get the real Scrooge, which is Mrs. Deagle. Mm hmm. But no, I think uh, Gremlins does a really good job of kind of showing like it's a tough time of year for a lot of people. Yeah, it doesn't sugarcoat that at all. It really makes you see like, okay, yeah, most wonderful time of the year in commercialism, but real people are still living their lives and struggling to make ends meet and to make the holidays magical for their children. Right. Now you have all the ammo that you need to finish this debate with your mom once and for all. Yes. Yes, I do. (laughs) I think we can concede that it's a different type of Christmas movie than something like Elf or It's a Wonderful Life, Mm -hmm. which Gremlins does reference. Yes. Yes, In addition to uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know what the second movie is. The one with Clark Gable racing. Oh, gosh. Um, Cause, I uh, know what it was. Because <laughs> Gizmo thinks of it when he's driving the car. Yeah. And like, oh, gosh. Why can't I? Oh. And every guy needs a name or something. Like, that's the. Yeah. Why can't I think of the. I know it. I don't know it. <laughs> <laughs> I do. And it's not coming to me. If you're listening to this podcast right now. And you know it, and you're screaming at me. I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. <laughs> you scream it at us because I feel dumb. <laughs> Every time I watch the movie, I'm like, hey, it's Clark Gable. And I never think to look up what movie that is. <laughs> right. And it's as easy as just like IMDb, Gremlins trivia. What are they right. referencing? 
I'm still not going to do that, by the way. Oh, same. <laughs> same. I will go to bed completely forgetting that we had this conversation, wake up in the morning and be like, now what was that Clark Gable movie? And still will not have the drive to look it up. No, I'll think about it for a minute and then be like, all right, moving on with my day. <laughs> I have to ask, what is your favorite gizmo moment? Ooh, oh, that's hard. I know. So many good, good ones. I'm not going to answer this question because for each mini interview that I do, I'm going to have a different answer. So <laughs> that is fair. But that's also unfair to me because you're in all of these interviews and I'm just here right now. <laughs> right, right. I promise the audience I will say it at some point, mm -hmm. but I can't do it during the interviews. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. Oh, gosh. What is my favorite gizmo moment? And while you think, I just want to say the other reason why I'm not going to say it right now is because I don't think everyone listening wants to hear me say the same thing over and over, over and, and over, over again. Yeah, no, that that's completely fair. They're going to be like, all right, Austin, we get it. Exactly. You really like Gizmo, Austin. <laughs> Congratulations. Uh, I, I really do like Gizmo, though. <laughs> Me too. And I have to say, I, I think my favorite might be like, I really love the quiet moments with Gizmo. Like, I think that he has mm -hmm. a lot of really fun moments and silly moments. But I like right after Billy first gets him and he's kind of like hanging out with him and Gizmo starts doing his little song and Billy kind of oh. does it with him. It's so cute. My it's heart so melts. They have that little every time. It's so cute. Oh, uh, I love that. My heart melts every time. And last question, what does gremlins mean to you? Ooh, I like that question. I think for me, it's just, it has a serious message, but still has a lot of fun telling the story. Like it doesn't take itself too seriously. And as a kid, it was something that I could like grasp onto and still appreciate as an adult. I feel that. Yeah, I like that. Where can the people find you on the social medias? I am all over the place. Um, Twitter and Instagram at Lex Frannick. Um, TikTok, the underscore Lexorcist. I think that's pretty much where I hang out most of the time. Um, I talk about Motley Crue way too much. So if you're chill with that, come hang out. <laughs> Love it. All righty. Thank you for joining me on the Gremlins Christmas Spectacular. Thank you for having me. All right. Joining me for this segment of the Gremlins Christmas Spectacular is four-time returning guest and friend of the podcast. You know him as a co-host of the People Under the Scares podcast and the host of the YouTube channel Bobby Likes It Spooky. It is the amazing Bobby Torres. Yay, I'm happy to be back again. Four times? Four times. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> you are the clear winner of Would You Die 2022. Yes. And this is your victory lap. <laughs> I, I'm excited. Thank you again. And I feel, I guess, honored to be, you know, on here multiple times this year. <laughs> it's been great. Well, I keep inviting you so, yeah. and I keep I'm 
I'm always happy you keep saying yes. Yeah, I'm going to say I'm always saying yes, and I love it. Why not? <laughs> we always have a good time. We do, exactly. So, and when I found out you were just as big, if not a bigger fan of Gremlins as me, I was like, well, the fourth time has to come. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love this movie. Um. I will say um, my, my co-host probably like it from the people under the scares uh, might probably like this a little bit more than me, but I don't know. During our podcast, I'm just like, hmm, I think we probably like it just as much, like equally, because um, he was trying to talk crap about Gizmo. And I'm like, no, I'm a Gizmo defender. There's no way that all of this is his fault. He can't help but to be who he is. And this is not his fault. All I'm saying <laughs> is all love to your co-host but there's a reason you're on the special and he's not. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I do uh, I do want you on the show at some point, Mike, if you're listening. Um, <laughs> I'm sure he would love to be. Gizmo, so, it's all love. Like Gizmo, I said yeah. Gizmo might love, might love <laughs> to start stuff, um, but he truly loves Gizmo. <laughs> uh, I think we all do and we all should. Yeah. And I do not believe in bullying. Unless someone doesn't like Gizmo, mm -hmm. then that's why God invented bullying. Um, that was a horrible thing to say. <laughs> but I, I, I love Gizmo. I would, I would fight a tiger just to make Gizmo happy. Oh, I hope he doesn't want that, but I would. <laughs> you know, um, it seems pretty simple to take care of Gizmo or a Magui. I mean, yeah. granted, you may you may forget some things every once in a while, kind of like, you know, them disliking bright light. And I think it'll be easy to keep them away from water as long as you don't take them outside when it's raining. And along if you keep them in your room and there's no not, no liquids in there, then I think it will be right. OK. But as far as the bright light part, listen, I like to open my blinds and my <laughs> curtains every now and then to let in natural sunlight. So. If I own a Mogwai, Gizmo would have to go in a closet somewhere or in a basement in a dark place because every once in a while I need my light. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I think that owning a Mogwai shouldn't be that hard. But it, um, and I think you know this as a pet owner, pets don't always cooperate. They sure don't. I have three small dogs and um they might not cooperate. So knock on wood that they don't bark <laughs> during this <time. laughs> because for some reason they don't bark the whole day. As soon as I start to record, that's when they just want to be the most happiest. And it's like in in the Gremlins, in both Gremlins and Gremlins 2, Gizmo is never the reason any of this stuff happens. Like, he purposely does not eat the chicken, even though the clock was broken. But Gizmo could have easily been tricked and turned into a gremlin, too. Oh, yeah. I, I said this on the, uh, the podcast. Like, I wonder what it would look like and what type of gremlin Gizmo would be if he was I to ever turn. I never want to see it. <laughs> I want to see it. Just like, you know, just... I mean, I'm, he's adorable the way he is. He he is cute. He's but perfect. He is, but I am curious <laughs> to see what he would look like when he turned into a gremlin. <laughs> Not me. I, <laughs> I'm i normally okay with change. That is a change I could not deal with. <laughs> uh, do you remember the first time watching Gremlins? 
yes, I was I was definitely a kid. And this was a movie that we watched every holiday. You know, it was part mm-hmm. of the rotation. We watched a Christmas story, you know, National National Lapoon's Christmas Vacation, Gremlins, Scrooged with Bill Murray, which is one of my favorites as well. It was it was, just, it was a part of our rotation every year. Gremlins was always that movie. And I was never scared of this movie. I always found it just very fun um, and chaotic because this movie is chaotic, especially when the Mogwai transform into the Gremlins and they just start taking over the town and just blowing stuff up and killing people. It was a great time. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. That's awesome to hear. Do you have a favorite Gremlin? Not counting Gizmo. Yeah, not counting Gizmo. Um, He's a Mogwai. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, so obviously in Gremlins 2, we get more of their personalities. Um, yeah. We get a little bit more time with the Gremlins. In this one, we get time with them, but it's just so much stuff happening. Um, but I will say I have two. One of them mm. is when they're obviously in the bar and just being chaotic. One of the, my favorite Gremlins is the breakdance one with the leg warmers. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I love that gremlin just because that scene to me was just so funny. And then I like the other one. And this is very brief and short, but the gremlin is like is one gremlin at the table and it's like smoking, very dramatic, giving very jazz music and all that. And then you just see out of nowhere, <laughs> it's yeah. like a little puppet. <laughs> the gremlin is messing with, with these puppets. It was just so funny to me. So those are scenes I enjoy a lot and I find a good time. But I do like those gremlins because. They have a sense of humor. They like to have fun, but they're also just like, fuck it. (laughs) (laughs) They're gremlins through and through. Of me, uh, I would have to say, I think my favorite is the smart gremlin from Gremlins 2. Especially when he starts singing New York, New York. (laughs) Okay, so I thought we were just talking about this first movie because if we oh, were talking I meant both overall, of them. I'm sorry. No, it's okay because that's my favorite gremlin as well. Like, oh, the smart gremlin. And, yeah, I love him. He's great. Because he's just and a- then also the female one. I don't know. I don't know if she has a name, but she's. I think hilarious. it's Greta. Okay, well, I love me some <laughs> Greta. <laughs> she's amazing. Her wardrobe to- is Chef's Kiss. I used to work at a store called Box Lunch for a few years, and I know the Funko Pops very well because of it. And I remember we had a little wave of Gremlins Pops. I didn't get any because I was waiting for Gizmo and Gizmo never came. I do have a Gizmo Pop now, but they had the stripping the stripping Gremlin from, I think, the first movie and they had Greta. But I wanted okay. Gizmo. <laughs> okay. I mean, um, they're great, but of course you wanted Gizmo, but I would be yeah. fine with either of those choices. I think I would have bought the smart gremlin, though, because that one's funny. Yeah, he is. I, I would have bought him, and I would have bought the electric gremlin. I love that one, too. And I also love the bat one. Yeah. See, gremlins, too, was just, it, it, it took it there, because you had these different gremlins that had powers, and then all of a sudden, they're transforming into, like, other things, like insects and, you know, just wild animals. It's, it's very bizarre, but amazing. I loved it. The spider one was pretty great, too. Spider one's uh, scary, dude. <laughs> yes. Yes. Have you ever seen the Key and Peel sketch? There's a Key and Peel sketch. I think it's uh, Keegan Michael Key who plays Joe Dante. And they're in like a boardroom 
trying to come up with ideas for gremlins and jordan peele's character kind of comes up and he's like hey i'm like the script doctor uh come i'm just here to kind of oversee and then he encourages everyone in the in like the boardroom to like come up with the craziest gremlins that they can and it's all gremlins from gremlins 2 and at the end of the sketch it's like by the way these are all actually in the movie i loved it <laughs> that's great um, and it's much funnier than how i can describe it but i do have to say keegan michael key actually does a pretty good joe dante impression <laughs> I love Joe Dante. I mean, he did, you know, The Howling, and that's one of my yeah. favorite werewolf movies. Ugh. And Piranha. And Piranha, yep. <laughs> and he did, I don't remember it too well because it was from my childhood, and I haven't seen it since childhood, but Looney Tunes back in action. Oh, okay. And like I said, I haven't seen it since, but so I don't remember it as well, but I like that movie because I'm pretty sure either Bugs Bunny or Daffy Duck one of those two has a lightsaber battle with Marvin the Martian. <laughs> and by and that by default makes it my favorite live action Looney Tunes movie. That's amazing. And it's funny that it's kind of full circle too, because in the special features, um Joe Dante was talking about getting his inspiration from a Bugs Bunny uh, yeah. cartoon about the gremlins and stuff. And he just expanded on that in his movie. Um, and I also mentioned on, you know, the podcast too, that he did a segment in the Twilight Zone movie. And the funny part yeah. about it was there's a segment where is John Lithgow on the airplane and the gremlin is on like the wing of the airplane, just messing it up. And this is a different type of like creature. I guess it's a gremlin if you want to think about it. And that was always the story about gremlins. They like mach uh, destroy machinery and things like that. Um, but Joe Dante surprisingly didn't direct that one. I would think he would have, but he directed right. um, a different segment in that movie. So I was just like, oh, very interesting. But then this the segment that he directed have a very Looney Tune aspect to it in yeah. certain parts. So I say he likes his inspiration from Looney Tunes and Bugs Bunny and stuff. You even see it in Gremlins too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're there. literally in Gremlins too. Yeah, yeah, literally. <laughs> And I love Joe Dante. I think he's extremely smart and thoughtful. So I try and find podcasts where he does interview, and he does a lot of podcasts. He has a podcast actually, which I oh, listen to. I to follow that. What's the name? It's called The Movies That Made Me. Him and I think the screenwriter Josh Olson. They cool. have a different filmmaker come and join them, and they're really, really fascinating conversations uh so here i am promoting other people's podcasts <laughs> <laughs> when i want you to be listening to my, but i mean if you're if you're hearing Wait, this we're talking about his movie we're talking about you we're talking about Dante, also you're already if you're hearing this you're already listening so you're already good in my book <laughs> exactly <laughs> but that's that's like one i like to listen to a lot because i just think joe dante's really thoughtful uh, guy and Josh Olson's pretty cool too, but Joe Dante is my guy. <laughs> yeah, same, same here. So Joe Dante, if you're listening, we love you. Yes, be a guest on Austin's show. <gasps> we would oh, love to have you. I would love to. I I would. I would die. <laughs> How <Literally>. funny! <laughs> oh my! On goodness. your own show? No. It, 
<laughs> oh my god that would be that's like someone on the dream list you know <laughs> but um yeah i think especially in gremlins 2 but in both of the gremlins movie movies they're pretty clever movies like there's a lot of thought put into them oh yeah definitely um especially i, I haven't all right so i've seen the second one early this year i'm due for a rewatch um because that's like a new year movie to me so i'm about to watch that very soon that's but there's a <laughs> lot of thought in gremlins um at least the, the first one um mm -hmm. again like preparing talking about it like i learned so much from like the behind the scenes stuff and all the things they had to do and just even you know with the characters like the scene when kate is talking about obviously her dead father being you know killed in the, the chimney and but yeah kate her story was very uh interesting and i remember there was commentary where they uh i think joe dante was talking about like steven spielberg them two were going back and forth or rather if they want to keep that dialogue with kate talking about her father being pulled from the chimney at, you know on christmas and they were going back and forth because i think steven didn't want it in there but joe dante was like well it adds to the character even though mm -hmm. the movie still would have been the same without it but it adds to it so it's a lot that goes into this movie. Um, that's just one of the things. But even some of the shitty characters that we get in here, Mrs. Deagle, she was hard. I was about to say Mrs. Deagle. <laughs> she is insane. Like I despise her. Um, and then the other guy that don't like Billy um too much. He I forgot his name, but he says something about Isn't it like Gerald? Yeah. I think it's Gerald, and he said something about, oh, well, you're... You, pretty much he was just talking down on Billy and just, yeah. you know, giving himself a bunch of credit and just making Billy seem like he's worthless, and he was a piece of shit. I wished we shown, they shown him being attacked by a gremlin in this movie. I would love to see it. <laughs> Get his comeuppance. Yeah, why not? Mrs. Deagle got hers, so why not? Well, here I think he did get his comeuppance. Because he hit on Phoebe Cates, and Phoebe Cates shut that shit down right away, and we got to see it. So true. true. <laughs> I don't think he shows up in the movie again after that. <laughs> it would have been nice to see him like minding his business, you know, doing yeah, you know, be part of the mayhem. It. Yeah, and then the gremlin just you know took him out with a Christmas wire or. I don't know, come out his toilet while he's trying to take a dump, or I don't know, something just weird. <laughs> I, <laughs> he's taking out his trash, and a gremlin just jump off the roof and start biting him and attacking him. I don't know. <laughs> I gotta say, I love when he's asking out Phoebe Cates, and he's like, hey, you haven't been to my new place, and she's just, without missing a beat, says, I haven't seen your old one. <laughs> right. <laughs> I love it. And then he's like, we're talking cable, because back in the 80s, that was a huge flex. Oh, yeah. Now it'd yeah, be cable, like, now, deal. like, everyone has Netflix. <laughs> Everybody's trying to get rid of cable because of how expensive it is. Right. You know? exactly. It's all about the streaming platforms. <laughs> now the flex would be like, um, I have all the streaming platforms, yeah. or uh, I have a 4K. Like, Oh, yeah. With a sound yeah. bar. Ooh. A sound bar. Not a surround system, but a sound bar. Exactly. <laughs> Do you have a favorite gizmo moment? Uh, I have many. 
but um because he's just again so adorable i mean obviously yeah. when gizmo saved the day at the end that was one of my favorite moments but i'm more the, i like the cute moments with gizmo so yeah. at the end when mr wayne picks him up and he says goodbye to billy like that was always adorable to me and oh. even the dog when they're like walking out the house he's like, <gasps> yeah woof, woof. I was like, oh, <laughs> like it was just so adorable to me. So I like those moments. I, I mean, obviously in Gremlins 2, Gizmo's kicking ass a little bit more. He had his, he was doing his little Rambo thing with the, yeah. <laughs> you know, the scarf and stuff. Like he was great in, in Gremlins 2. But in this movie specifically, I like those cute moments. And then also when he pretty much just saved the day and got rid of Stripe. Well, they also kicked the shit out of Gizmo in Gremlins 2. Yeah. Like, Whenever I see like on Twitter where someone posts like name a character who suffered more and they put like Daenerys Targaryen or Peter Parker or someone, I always want to respond with Gizmo from Gremlins too. <laughs> Cause they put him through the ringer. They and sure the fir- did. First time I watched that movie, I was getting pissed off. Yeah. I was getting irrationally angry at this film for how much <laughs> shit they were putting Gizmo through. But um I think my favorite moment is whenever he sings. Okay. It's very harmonizing. It's very uh It melts my heart. I could could go to sleep with today. It's such a pretty melody, too. I think the composer, Jerry Goldsmith, composed it. I mean, obviously. But I mean, it's funny because the Gremlin score has like this really obnoxious, like, bum, 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 Mm -hmm. bum, like jarring obnoxious in your face music which it should it's right from the movie but it also has one of the prettiest melodies i've ever heard in any sort of music yeah it does (laughs) and it's familiar too like i feel like if anybody would just randomly hear it they wouldn't know exactly what movie that's from exactly right yeah and even if they never seen it they'd be like i know that melody Mm -hmm. it's from something (laughs) Mm -hmm. It is good. Uh, that is a good moment. I love it. And he yeah. does it multiple times throughout both of the films. Mm-hmm. I hope they bring back his... I'm, I'm sure they will bring back his singing in that cartoon that they're doing. Oh, yeah. Gremlin Secrets of the Mogwai, which I, I'm i patiently waiting for. <laughs> here. I mean, they haven't been saying much about it because H, I think it's supposed to be on HBO Max. And, and I'm getting worried because HBO... Max is kind of a dumpster fire right now yeah it's horrible so hopefully if it if it doesn't go on hbo max hopefully um a different streaming platform would uh pick it up because i want to know more about the mogwai you know like i want to know where they're from why the rules have to be specifically like why is it specifically those do and mike made up a great point on the podcast too about uh is there another like an evolution to the gremlins like is there a third oh, form you yeah. know can they keep, continue to keep evolving like pokemon <laughs> like so, <laughs> so maybe there's so much to learn and know oh yeah the thing that gives me hope is i i know gremlins is a warner brothers property but it was made with amblin entertainment which is steven spielberg's company and if anyone can save gizmo it's Steven motherfucking it's Steven. Spielberg. <laughs> <laughs> right. So help us, Steven Spielberg. You're our only hope. Yes. I know you <laughs> but I don't about think, this film. I don't think Warner Brothers is going to 
Actually, I was about to say, I don't think they're going to fumble the bag with Gremlins, but like they literally cut a Batman or a Batgirl movie, which DC is their golden cow. They cut a Scooby-Doo movie. They can't, they got rid of Westworld. So it's like, I I don't know. Yeah, they get inbraided so many shows. And it's it's weird too, because like even shows that's doing well, that's on now, um, and the ratings are pretty good streaming numbers are great and they still getting canceled so i mean i know part of the reasons obviously to merge with discovery plus but uh it just it sucks because we're getting great content and right some of it is just just going away and some of the some of the ideas are there and we're just probably never going to get it because of what's going on so hopefully magwai um the secret magwai um you know somehow is saved and we get it somewhere else and we're all able to see it. We all need to know. <laughs> I hope exactly. We want more. It's time Gizmo comes back. It is. We miss him. Mm-hmm. And I think Gremlins has been kind of getting a cultural revival. Like I feel like I've been seeing more and more Gizmo stuff. Okay. Like that's true. Because and I think I'm see- helping. <laughs> <laughs> yes i mean if you're a fan sure i'm not yeah i'm starting to see a lot more gizmo stuff as far as you know as far as merch like i've been seeing right. gizmo fleece not and not even just like not the gremlins poster not it's literally just gizmo on it right um, which is great uh get um there's gizmo mud it's just gizmo everything and it's starting to become popular and popular it's like when you go to spirit halloween every year and you, you yeah. know how you see hocus pocus everywhere they had gremlin stuff gremlin stuff too i think it's slowly starting to be as big as that where i think gremlin soon is going to have like a big sec- section just like hocus pocus and yes uh uh nightmare before christmas and stuff so yeah um you know, it just got to keep going, but it's, it's, I feel like if they just keep doing, I guess, more shows like the one that's supposed to come out and give it some time throughout the years, it's going to be a bigger success, I should say. Yeah. I just have <laughs> one, one question for you that sure. I have to ask. What does Gremlins mean to you? The movie or just the, the name? Overall. Just overall. Like, I, I'm like, I guess the franchise, like okay. maybe. Maybe when you think of Gremlins, it's it it means Gizmo. It means my love for that character. It me it means like my favorite Christmas horror movie or my favorite okay. Christmas. You know what? Yeah. Yeah. What does what does Gremlins so, mean to you? <laughs> for me, um, yeah, it's again when I hear Gremlins, I just think of Christmas, but also chaos. <laughs> because that's what these Gremlins, <laughs> that's what they do, and they're very just obnoxious, crazy creatures that's that has a mystery to them because we don't know where they're from. But when I hear that and somebody mentions gremlins, yes, I think of gizmo, but I just think of just chaos, just chaos. And that's what they are. You know, like even before this movie gremlins and I guess, um, and stories were chaotic and destructive. And that's what they are in this movie. And, um, yeah, I, I, I love this movie so much. And again, I just, every time I hear gremlins, I just, I hear the song in my head playing instantly, and I just think of all of them and Gizmo. I love it. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much for talking Gremlins with me. Where can the people find you? Yes, um, people can find me Bobby Torres uh, with a Z, not an S. Uh, Bobby likes to spook you on my YouTube. The people under their scares on podcasting platforms, and also on Screen Kings on YouTube. 
every Wednesday at 8 p.m. is a panel of me and other uh, queer black creatives just talking about horror movies. There's a theme each week. And we kind of just go in on our final girls and uh, favorite movies and just a whole bunch of um, shadiness. It's a fun time. So you can find me on all of those. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Thanks once again for joining me. And I can't wait for appearance number five. (laughs) Yes. I wish I'm sure it's going to be very soon. Thanks for having Uh, me. Oh, I'm sure it will. For this segment, I'm welcoming tomato-approved film critic and ultra Gremlins fan, Kat Hughes, to the podcast. How are you doing today? I'm very well. Thank you for having me. I, um, when I put out on Twitter that I wanted, like, people to talk about Gremlins with me, you're one of the first people to respond. And I was, and then when we started talking, I, I quickly realized you might be the biggest Gremlin fan out there. Yeah, I mean, I I love this film. Like I say, I've got a, I've always wanted a cat called Chris Gizmo, which I I now do. I have a cat called Gizmo. We have a uh, full replica gremlin that that lives in the house. We've got you know the Funkos, various collections. I've been fortunate enough to to meet and interview Zach Galligan. Yeah, this is like Gremlins. Uh, you know, cut cut me in the middle, and that's one of the films that that made me. That's amazing. What was it like introducing Zach Galligan? It was very surreal. I mean, I've been fortunate enough to interview a lot of people over the years and I've been to a few conventions and I, I first met him in a convention setting as a fan and he's probably the person that I fanboyed the hardest about, which seems mad to me because I've I've been in the same room as Tom Cruise and, and Keanu Reeves, people who I like really, really admire who are like massive names, but Zach Galligan, like I watched Gremlins and Gremlins 2 on repeat for several years. So to suddenly be face to face with with Billy Peltzer was, uh, it was a lot, a lot more than I think me or him were expecting. <laughs> that's, that's awesome though, because that shows how personal Gremlins is as a, like, Because I don't want to disrespect Tom Cruise or anything like that, because he is probably the biggest movie star ever, maybe. Maybe maybe Harrison Ford has that title, but either way, either way, it's just like Tom Cruise wasn't in the same room as Gizmo. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. You know, he I mean, I've seen plenty of Tom Cruise films, but I haven't seen them as many times on repeat. I, you know, I can't recite you a Tom Cruise film back to front, but I can with a with a Zach Galligan film. So that was a that was a biggie. That's a big difference maker. <laughs> I'll get back to Gremlins. I'm trying to think if there's any Tom Cruise movie I like know, like the back of my hand, like I do Gremlins. Maybe Steven Spielberg's War of the Worlds or Minority Report, but I think that's more of me being a Steven Spielberg fan. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, you know, he makes some, he, Tom Cruise, you know, he makes some great films, but I'm not sure any of them have that quite the same rewatchability. They all tend to be either super action y or super dramatic, and something like Gremlins has got a lot more a lot more going on to it I think that because there's so many gremlins in it for one you know you can watch that film a hundred times and spot a different random gremlin in the background that you didn't spot the last time there's so much there to to explore that it does encourage that repeat viewing oh I 100% agree especially with the sequel (laughs) yes and the sequel I did watch for every single day after 
my infant school, which I guess is kindergarten um, in America, I would come back from school and it would be on. It drove my poor mum mad. Although she didn't, she watched it every night with me. But then there's the bit where the gremlins take over the TV. And I remember us having this argument one night where she thought I'd broken the telly. And I remember I was only like five or six and I was like, one, you've seen this film before, mum. This always happens at this time in the film. And two, why would there be a Gremlins branded logo on our TV if I broke the TV? Like I haven't, I, I haven't watched the video that much that it would sort of like burn into the screen, I don't think. <laughs> but yeah, we got into a real sort of argument for like a few seconds until the film started playing again, where she genuinely thought that I'd somehow managed to break the telly with this video it was yeah that was a a strange evening that's amazing (laughs) I love that do you remember the first time you watched gremlins gremlins I was about three years old I think so I was a single single parent family in the 80s and I remember I got up out of bed and my mum was watching it and she was she's a seasoned horror person and she sort of knew that this or whilst it's a horror it's not as extreme as some of the other stuff that she was watching so she was like yeah you can sit there and sort of watch it for a bit it's nearly finished we'll we'll go to bed soon and I remember it really scaring me because I'd sort of come in part way through and there was these monsters running around on screen and I remember going to bed and having Rand Peltz's like closing thing about you know if this doesn't work or if that you might just have a gremlin and I remember like making my mum like check under my bed and that in case it was a gremlin inside the house so the first time I watched it it scared me and then the next time I watched it suddenly I saw more of Gizmo and I was like this thing is adorable and I, I need to have my own one and yeah from from there on it's not scared me it's just been a, a nice a nice fun comfort watch I love that would it be a stretch to assume this is your favorite Christmas movie? No, see, I'm not one for Christmassy Christmas films, so Gremlins is definitely, definitely in that wheelhouse where it <laughs> has that it has that sentimentality to it, but it's not over, and there is see, there's the you know, monsters taking on the on the town, which keep things not so cheery but then also you have that epic monologue from from phoebe cates part way through where she tells the most depressing christmas story ever and then that sort of speaks to to me liking sort of the, the darker the darker side of film so even my christmas films have to have some of that darkness in because as is discussed in the film christmas isn't necessarily a happy time for a lot of people and this is a christmas right. film that doesn't shy away from showing the the horrors that the holidays can bring oh i think that was beautifully said and i think it's one of those movies where it's definitely a christmas movie i think some people argue it isn't but i think they're wrong you can also watch it any time of the year and it's still like an enjoyable movie so i guess i just gave the people i called wrong some ammo for their argument <laughs> well it was released in july you know in 84 that's true it came in out in July, and I remember being uh, at one of the the Zach Galligan Q and A's when he was in London. And it, the thinking was, you don't want to release a Christmas film at Christmas because people are sick of Christmas. But if you release it at the height of summer, suddenly seeing all that snow, people are, are going to get in the mood for, you know, they want a respite from the heat outside, so they're going to come and they're going to watch this film that's set in this snowy thing, and it is going to get them into that Christmas mind frame early, which I thought was was quite an interesting way to look at releasing a Christmas film in the middle of summer. And that's, I think that's actually pretty brilliant because Gremlins was a smash hit, and correct me if I'm wrong, but 
it was in theaters and through Christmas too, right? It stayed in theaters a long time. Yeah, and I think like I think in the UK it sort of didn't come out until till closer closer to that release time. But yeah, it's definitely and even now, you know, it's one of the films that gets re-released most years into into multiplexes as well as art house cinemas in in the UK. So it's definitely got got legs of like being this traditional film that you want to watch to to get into the spirit. I love it. For me, the perfect Christmas Eve uh, double feature to get into the mood for the holidays is It's a Wonderful Life and Gremlins. Nice. I think they go very well together, especially since It's a Wonderful Life has like a little, Joe Dante put a little cameo of that movie. <laughs> yeah, he uh, he definitely knew what he was he was doing with the little nods to, to various other bits of media. You've also got the cameos of... Spielberg and um George Lucas and things as well it's it's a nice it's a nice film to watch and then the more you get into film and then you explore this film and then you revisit it and you see all these little nods to to other other films it's filmmaker cameos it's I think, I think people just do diminish it a little bit as just a Christmas movie but it has got a lot more a lot more going on and Joe Dante is a very clever filmmaker Oh, I 100% agree. I found out recently Jerry Goldsmith, the composer, had a cameo. And then I found it. I'm like, I will never unsee this. Because <laughs> Jerry Goldsmith is also in the scene, the science fair. He's at like the phone booth. And for people listening, in case you don't know, Jerry Goldsmith is probably one of the most prolific film composers ever. He obviously did Gremlins. He did Alien, The Planet of the Apes, The Omen, which he won his Oscar for, Poltergeist. He, he's done uh, Star Trek, the motion picture. He's done a bunch. I don't have the time to list all of his credits. <laughs> but um, yeah, Jerry Goldsmith is great. What do you feel about the music in Gremlins? I mean, it's iconic, isn't it? I mean, right as soon as you said, as soon as you started like listing his films, all I can hear is da 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 da. <laughs> that's just that's in that's on loop now. I think till the, till the end of Christmas. So that's a that's gonna be a funnier one. That's awesome for me. The Giz- Gizmo's little song that he sings that's been in my head all December. Yeah, it's uh so it's just obviously it's all part of the of of Gizmo and Mogwai. Just that little tune is so cute and and sweet but then also a little bit eerie and I think it all ties into to everything else that the the film's exploring it's a really fantastic score I think some people overlook it because it is very quirky and weird but I I just think it matches the film's tone so well yeah and I said that the the gremlins hook as soon as you hear that music you know that you know that stuff's going to go down like you know when it's going to kicks in as the snowplow goes through the the footman house it's you know that's i think that's probably the the bit of score that i remember the most you got the shouting the screaming you know the building collapsing and then the gremlins themselves are almost singing along to this score <laughs> that they themselves can't hear but they've sort of taken it on as their own official song as well it's i think it's a perfect uh blend between film and score that you don't get to see that often you know yeah definitely you can't have one without the other so you know, he was talking about it and like i say it's it's just going round and round in in my head as the films <laughs> were playing <laughs> do you have a favorite gizmo moment favorite gizmo moment. i still find as many times as i've watched it i still find it very distressing to watch the sequence where he gets wet the first time in Gremlins. I find that just so traumatic because that little guy looks like he's in 
a lot of pain. I think it's subdued a lot in the sequel and it's almost like much of the second film is it's almost played for laughs in a way you know the water's like almost hitting him and then it dribbles down and but in this in this one it's so tense that even now seeing it hundreds of times I still go it's always to the point of like I'm just going to go to the toilet don't no need to pause it I'm just going to pop out for a couple of minutes and like come back and oh look this is all these other cute little mugwise I think that's that's probably the the gizmo sequence that, that stands out the most in my head but you know you can't beat seeing that little guy racing around in his pink Cadillac. That's uh, that's yeah. quite a quite an ingenious little thing to to stick in there. And I love the callback to when he was watching the I don't know what the movie's called. I forgot to look it up. But the one with Clark Gable, where he's like, "Every guy needs a dame" or something like that. Yeah. And Gizmo hears Clark Gable's voice in his head as he's racing. Yeah, and then I like how they then like they do a callback to that in the sequel where at the beginning he's watching Rambo and then <laughs> as he's preparing, he's got Sly Stallone in his head going, if you want to survive a war, you've got to become war. It's like all these little things that these little touches that make the first one so endearing were then picked up to some degree and scattered into, into the sequel. And I don't think we get many sequels that honour their original quite so well. And it's amazing because it, I think I agree with you for sure. Gremlins 2 has so many nods and winks to the original. And at the same time, it's a completely unique and different movie. And I think in a lot of ways improves on the original. I like the original more. I think, yeah, I like the original more, but I think there's aspects in the second one where they really like you can see the bigger budget. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, you've got Christopher Lee popping up you know, for, yeah. for one, which just in itself is is great. But I think as well, Gremlins 2 was very ahead of its time. I think it was overlooked upon release, but it was dealing with, you know, over-reliance on technology. You know, that the Clamp Towers is fully autonomous, which is a, how most offices and stuff tend to tend to work in this in this day and age. You've got, you know, Daniel Clamp wanting to get rid of any sign of nature because that doesn't that doesn't work for him and um, the remaking classics you know Casablanca on tonight now in color and with a happier ending yeah. you know that's that's what that's what Hollywood's doing now it's churning out remake after remake of, of films and you know tinkering with them in ways that aren't necessarily needed so I do think that if it's been a while since anybody's watched Gremlins 2 it's definitely worth checking out because it has a lot of really interesting things that it was thinking about in like 90 what 91 92 that actually feel really really relevant right now oh for sure i agree 100 percent. going back to callbacks and gremlins 2 to the original i love when phoebe kate is about to go on a whole other monologue about lincoln's birthday oh yeah there was a man and his yeah because you know where that story is going. They're like, Come sit next to me, little exactly. girl. And it's and Billy's like, okay, we don't have time for this. Like, yeah. I just feel like every holiday, like he's been living with, and then on yeah. Independence Day, and then at Easter, yeah. there was this time with the. I just feel like she's just got deep seated trauma related to every... like every potential holiday going. Oh my! Exactly, and I just <laughs> I love how Gremlins Two balances that line between like honoring the original because the original has that like we mentioned earlier that iconic christmas monologue but at the same time poking fun at it 
with like Billy being like, okay, we we don't have time for because in the original, it's all this gremlin mayhem, and then the film kind of stops just for yeah. that, and then it's back to the gremlin. Like then, like if I remember correctly, the gremlins are like in the theater watching Snow White. <laughs> yeah, they're having their little heart heart. It's. Yeah, it's a, it's a very depressing. I do feel for Kate. You know, she's. Yeah. I think she needs to see a therapist. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I would love to see where their characters are at now. Yeah, I'd like to think that maybe they're still together. They're obviously like small town sweethearts. Mm-hmm. I'd like to hope that you know New York hasn't changed them too much. Maybe you know they've had some kids and they've gone back. Maybe they've gone back to Kingston Falls. I'd like imagine... to think you know they've still got Sorry. Gizmo. Because yeah, yeah. I actually think they still got Gizmo, and you know, I think there's, I think there's potential for uh, a sequel in some capacity, featuring all of the original, all the original cast. I mean, that Phoebe Cates has has retired from acting, so they'd probably have to recast that part. But I feel that you know, maybe Billy's kids, you know, not listening to the rules about Gizmo, and you know causing some havoc could be interesting i did as a child uh write uh up to about gremlin 16 i think i was a i was a keen <laughs> i was a keen uh fictional writer and most of my stories were sequels to films that i loved so i've got a few jurassic parks and i definitely mm. have somewhere up in up in the loft several different sequels to to gremlins where there was more and more convoluted ways for gizmo to get wet and and uh, unleash gremlins onto onto various cities so there's there's there's, there's some legs you know if anybody wants oh, them yeah. i can i can root them out <laughs> <laughs> i love that i also like the shout out to jurassic park because that is my favorite movie of all time quick little tangent you were mentioning earlier how you first saw gremlins when you were three and it's probably like like you said one of the movies that made you if not the movie that made you for me um that was Jurassic Park I saw that when I was three and it's dominated my personality ever since (laughs) I saw it I saw it I saw it in theaters and I remember we saw it twice in theaters and I had read the I was a big reader so although I was only like seven or eight I'd already read the Michael Crichton version so I was expecting a much scarier film and (laughs) there was a there was a a middle-aged lady sat next to me during the T-Rex attack and she was sat like hands in front of her face that she couldn't really watch it she was she was terrified and I remember being like wow like this film is scaring this lady next to me like I must be really brave if I can watch it I mean I I couldn't watch the Dilophosaur attack because in the book it's a lot grislier and I was expecting oh, yeah. like guts and stuff to be with I mean it's a PG I don't know what I was expecting but <laughs> it's much more intense what happens to Nedry in in the book so the first the first time I saw it in the cinema I did not watch that scene because the Dilophosaur terrified me and it took a little while until I watched it. And then I was like, oh, oh, well, that's that's fine. And now the Dilophosaur is, it used to be the Velociraptors, but I think as time has gone on, like the Dilophosaur, I just think he's just so cute, bless him. He just wants to play. He just wants a friend. And then if you don't play with them, you find out what happens. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that's the same with most kids, right? You know, if you don't, if you don't play with them, they're gonna, they're gonna take out, they're gonna take out their revenge, and you know, it's like, it's like the same with you know gremlins. You know, they, yeah, these chaotic beings, and they, they just want to, you know, cause complete anarchy, and 
they only really go against people that are trying to prevent them from having that anarchy. I think as a parent now, I do see elements of gremlin in my daughter from time to time. So <laughs> chaos for chaos. Sake. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, that's awesome. My final question because I did go over the 20. I've been going over the 20 minutes every time, by the way. <laughs> but uh, I, I really love Gremlins and I can keep going and I know you can too. Yes. <laughs> so here's the hardest question. What does Gremlins mean to you? Yeah, Gremlins, what does Gremlins mean to me? I mean, it's just been something that has been in my life for as as long as I can remember it's a go-to comfort comfort watch because I can watch Gremlins or Gremlins 2 at any point when it's on the tv and get seduced into staying up far later than they should to to see it through as much as I've seen it it's like oh well it's on it'd be rude not to because you know this is this is a film that that means a lot say so I've got you know it's one of my cats is, you know, is named in in honor of the the Mogwai. I like to collect the memorabilia. I've got a Gremlins two coloring book. It's yeah, it's just a film that is so intrinsic to me that you know, without it, I'm not with it. Without having seen it when I did, I'm not sure who I would be. I don't know. Maybe I'd be one of these people that devours all of the the Hallmark holiday films instead, <laughs> thinking that that's what a Christmas movie has to be. When I guess seeing Gremlins so young, it's like no, this is this is also what a Christmas film can be. I love that. Thank you so much for joining me today for talking Gremlins. I I love Gremlins. You love Gremlins, and this has been so much fun. Where can the people find you? Should you want to be found? Um, so on uh, Letterboxd and Twitter, I am at Gizmo Shikari. Uh, that's a, a fusing of my cats. I've got a, I've got a Gizmo and I've got a Ratchet Shikari. I couldn't pick between them, so I mushed them together and made a at Gizmo Shikari. And then should Twitter fall away, um, I can also be found on Hive at plain old at Kai Hughes. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. And now a special musical performance, a cover of Christmas Baby Please Come Home, which, as a lot of you know, is is the first song that plays in the original Gremlins, performed by my friend and composer for the Would You Die podcast, Josie Palmer. Please enjoy. i mm-hmm.
joining me for the gremlins christmas spectacular it was definitely a stressful project to uh, put together but i'm i'm really proud of it this is the last episode of 2022 and what a year it was thank you for everyone who's given my little podcast a chance don't forget to like share and subscribe to the pod and follow me at would you die show on twitter facebook and instagram as well as would you die podcast on tiktok that's where I talk about horror movies and uh, do shit posts of Gizmo dancing the unhinged mashups. The Woody Die podcast returns next year, so until 2023, I'm Austin Torres. Try not to die. another reason to hate Christmas.